World War III, the Middle East Peace Agreement, the World Government, Mark of the Beast, Reborn Holy Roman Empire, and a world religion are all prophetic and things we should be watching for, and they're all in the news today. We will analyze these events while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I will be taking your calls today. It's open line. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And I had, you know, if we're going down through, a lot of people want to know, what's the main thing that we're watching for today? What should I be watching? I mean, all this chaos, the interest rates and everything going on uh, and the, the you know, gas prices going up and the war in Russia and Ukraine and what's going on in the Middle East and everything. What should we be watching for? Well, the main thing, or the main things I should be, because there's many of them, but the main things would be, and I'm, I'm going to give you the top six. One, the, the next two things to happen on God's prophetic timeline would be the Sixth Trumpet War of World War III. Revelation 9, verse 13 through 16. And if you know the things heating up right now and what's going on in the world, you understand that because of the... Now, this may not be the only thing, but because of the weakness of the United States, I talked about this this week, that a lot of our enemies have been emboldened. And what they would never have done under a Donald Trump, now they are, it's really emboldened them to maybe, you know, do some things they would not have done and to move us towards a World War III scenario. And so that's one of the things that we're looking for. And I've got some calls coming up, so I'm going to go down through these pretty quick. The, um, the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians Things are happening. It's moving forward. Now, slowly, I understand. And it could be that we have the war first. The, at the aftermath of that is the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. And then the, the international community would look at Israel and the Palestinians and say, look, we're done with this. You guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. I don't know if that's how it will play out. But I do know the next two things on God's prophetic timeline are the... World War III, the Sixth Trumpet War, and the peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And then, of course, the ongoing fulfillment of four prophecies. The establishment of a world government, the establishment of a global economic sanctioning system, a global numbering system, by which you would, you would, you're not going to be able to function in society unless you... Uh, are willing to play ball with this thing and to comply with the edicts of these uh, individuals, these elitists that are trying to create this world-governing body. 
And that's being established right now in many ways. And we can talk about it if, uh, throughout the day if you want. Uh, the, also the ongoing establishment of the Holy Roman Empire or the, European, the current European Union. Many moves are being made right now to get the nations to yield up their sovereignty and more and more all the time to yield up their sovereignty to the parliament building in Brussels, Belgium. Many nations right now, what you're seeing in the news is that many nations are, they're bucking against that. They do not want to yield up their sovereignty. Of course, Germany and nations like that, they're all in. But uh, there, are, there are different nations that are dragging their feet. They do not want to yield up so much sovereignty. So that's why you're seeing some, um, some of these meetings and different things that are being held that are saying, no, we will not do that. Well, that's what's the ongoing fulfillment of the prophecy of the reborn Holy Roman Empire. It's already been reborn, but they're seeing nations that don't want to comply and to yield up their sovereignty. Well, what could happen in the future, the Bible says that there will be ten nations, the ten horns, there will be ten nations that will give their complete allegiance and yield up all of their sovereignty to the Antichrist when he comes. And so, who knows but what, now I was discussing this with many people the other night, who knows but what that could either be a two-tier system like we've talked about before, which has been proposed, or... You understand that uh, what happened with Brexit. Great Britain you know, mo- broke away from the current European Union, even though Britain will be involved in the world-governing beast in the end time. But who knows but what many of these other nations won't, will not break off, and only ten will stand with the Antichrist. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I do know that in the end there will be ten nations that stand right with the Antichrist, who, which um, has his origins in this European Union. And then finally, number six is the world religion. There is more happening with the world religion than I think you realize, unless you're following this very, 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 very closely, because many of things have happened throughout history to bring us to where we are now. Well, those things are kind of going on, unless you're really following it, they're kind of going on behind the scenes, moving the the, the chess pieces on the chessboard. And just recently in February, there was a, a couple organizations called the United Religions Initiative, which I, if I had time I was going to talk about, and the Religions for Peace. They're probably two of the most prominent entities on the planet that are pushing us, pushing, I should say pushing the religions of the world towards a, a, a world religious system, interfaithism. And they signed a... Uh, memorandum. There was a press release that they both of them signed, and in a um, a memorandum of understanding that both of them would use their influence over these religious, the religions of the world, to get them to commit to implementing the sustainable development goals and working towards that, which is the socialistic blueprint of the world governing body to manage everybody on the planet. Well, this is exactly what the Bible says a world religion will be established for in the end time to get all the religions of the world on board and to get them to advocate for and to pledge allegiance to the world governing body. And so things are moving straight forward, folks, and I just wanted to keep us up to date on what's going on. I know that you know myself, Doug, Vince, we're all doing that all the time, but honestly, 
five days a week is not enough. Uh, We could do two to three hours of programming per day. And honestly, I still don't think we could keep up with it all. I mean, I'm just, when I get on the radio and, and television, I'm hitting the highlights of things. And that's why it's really good to, you know, subscribe to End of the Age Plus or go do the Jerusalem Prophecy College because then you can slow way down and um, kind of, you know, really let it soak in and you can uh, understand a lot of it. So, okay, we're going to go straight to the phones when we get back. Again, the number to reach me, one 877 363-8463. God bless. We're looking forward to after the program, after the commercial. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back, everybody, and I've got one line open, so we're going to go straight to the calls, because I want to try to get to everybody today. Let's go to O.C. in Tennessee. God bless O.C. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hope y'all are having a good afternoon. It's it's a wonderful day here in Texas, my friend. Awesome. It's wonderful here, too. I have a question about Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. Yes, sir. So... You know, as Pentecostals, we know that this is a quoted by Peter when he says, this is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. Yeah. And we obviously, um, you know, hear it a lot in the preaching. It gets all the way up to about verse 29. Moreover, upon my servants and handmaids, in those days I will pour forth my spirit. But how do we interpret the verses after that when it talks about um, showing wonders in the heaven and earth, blood and fire, vapor smoke, and the sun being darkened and moon in the blood. How do we interpret that? 
Well, of course, that'll, that will occur immediately after the tribulation uh, of those days. So at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and this is recorded many times in Scripture, that I will show wonders in heavens, and just to bring everybody on board with us here, O.C., and I will show wonders in heavens, in the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be, um, be turned to darkness. Moon shall not give, or the moon into blood um, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's the same thing that's recorded in Matthew chapter 24, verse 29. Immediately after the, the tribulation of those days, sun, sun will be darkened, moon shall not give her light. Uh, the, or the sun, hold on a second, man, you got me all. I'm sorry. Make, no, no, this is all good. Uh, I want to make sure I get it. But I've quoted that a million times, and now that here I am on the radio, I can't pull it. So 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, sun will be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven. It's the same thing that happens. It's the same thing here when it goes like Revelation chapter 6 and it says the moon will be turned to blood again. So um, so do you think that the great and dreadful day of the Lord um, is after the tribulation, right? Absolutely. So do you think that in Malachi... Um, chapter 4, verse 5, it says that he will send Elias the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Is that the same great and dreadful day of the Lord, or is that a different one? Because Elias, in this case, seems to be John the Baptist. That is correct. The the thing is, when when it talks about the great and terrible day of the Lord, that's only referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ and when he will pour out his wrath upon the the invading armies at the Battle of Armageddon. That's the day. That's the great and terrible day of the Lord. The the Malachi was simply saying, "Hey, before that event happens, because that event is referred to many times, even in the Old Testament, when it talks about the Battle of Armageddon and Zechariah and Ezekiel. So it's when it's talking about the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's what it's referring to. He simply said Elijah or the spirit of Elijah would come again. That's what they were referring to." In uh, when he gets to the New Testament, when he's talking about John the Baptist, this is mm-hmm. the same great and in terrible day of the Lord. Chapter seventeen of Matthew, yes. What's that? Yeah, I think that's chapter seventeen of Matthew. Where yeah, that happens. Okay, thanks for the answer. I was just curious. All right, absolutely. God bless you, my friend. Bless you too. Okay, let's go to John in Tennessee. God bless John. Welcome to End of the Age. Good afternoon to you, Dave. I wanted to reiterate to you how much Laura and I enjoyed meeting you in Kingsport last weekend. Yes, sir. You and Janet. And we enjoyed it a lot. Excellent conference, and that was a wild service the next day. (laughs) That was something else. Yes, sir, it was. uh, We did enjoy it a lot. It was good to meet you. Thank you very much, and it was good to meet you as well. Thank you. Uh, I have a question. You were going to tell us something some update on the red heifer. Yeah. And I thought I'd give you a shot to get that in there. Okay. That's something I'm really curious about. Absolutely. And uh, I'll take my answer off there. And yeah. once again, great to meet you and keep up the great work. Uh, thank you, my friend. It was great to meet you and your wife as well. And uh, yes, I, I, Saturday night was a, we had a great prophecy conference. I met John and his wife. The next morning, um, we, I preached on Pentecost Sunday. And yes, like he said, uh, many, we had 10 people baptized, 10 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost, 
And wow, what a wonderful service it was. I mean, God come in and moved in there and it was awesome. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, what a great conference in Kingsport, Tennessee this last weekend. As far as the red heifer goes, God has allowed me, I believe, to be friends with the people who are over that have found red heifers right now. They're rabbi qualified. The rabbis have been over here from Israel and they are qualified to be a true kosher red heifers that could be used for the purification sacrifice. And then, of course, the rebuilding of the third temple and to resume sacrifices. The purification sacrifice is used to purify Israel. Anybody who's ever been in contact with a dead body, which is pretty much all of Israel, whether you've walked by a graveyard, you've been to a hospital, anything like that. So if you go back to Numbers 19, verses 1 through 22, it says you have to have a red heifer, you have to burn it, take the ashes, mix it with water, put it throughout the camp, put it on the tents and different things, and that's how they purified Israel. Well... So they, Israel believes they need another red heifer to, for the purification of Israel now to resume sacrifices once the temple's built. So um, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, for years followed many people who were trying to create or to breed a, a true red heifer. No white hairs, no black hairs, no blemish on the heifer at all. And it had to be caught before they were to put a tag in its ear because that was considered a blemish. <clears throat> he knew about Melody that was born in Israel. He, he worked with Clyde. He, he knew Clyde Lott, who was trying to work with the Temple Institute. Um, he, we knew, know the people with the Temple Institute now that were trying to create one uh, on the special ranch that they have in Israel. But they've never been able to get one up to two years and one month old in the third year. Well... A friend of mine, his name is Byron Stinson, and he, uh, he through, a, through a, a friend of mine, he, he, we got, he got us together, and I went over here to Carrollton, saw one of the red heifers. Well, when I talked to him, he said, well, we've got 20, we've found 22 of them. And I thought, man, my father-in-law would be, he would just be going crazy because he thought he was, the rabbis were trying to find one for the last, I don't know, decades well, Byron said that we found 22 and that they had the rabbis come over here and approve all 22 of them. Well, I went to a ranch just south of Rockwall, Texas, uh, back earlier this year, and I saw the, the red heifers. Well, he got, he, it took him a while to get approvals through the United States, Europe, and Israel to ship heifers overseas. Because they had to go so many through so many um, deals where they were checking for disease and a blood tests and I mean all this stuff. So when I went to Rockwall, Texas, down here, the rabbis were there. I met them, and so this was very legit. And so I've talked with uh, Byron since, and for shipping purposes and different things, they only, they chose nine of the most healthy heifers to ship to Israel and rather than 22. I mean, you can only imagine the, the expense of all that, the, to ship nine of them. They've got a place over there just south of, the, of uh, Galilee to house them in a protected area there. And so if they, most of them were about, 
I think between four and six months old. Maybe some of them were seven months. But if they can get them up to two years and one month old, this is what the rabbis told me personally, if they can get them up to two years and one month old, and it's still a qualified kosher red heifer, that would be able to be used for the purification sacrifice of Israel. And so we know that the sacrifices will be implemented once the uh, third temple is built. Because the Bible says that the three and a half years in, the Antichrist will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to stop. Well, he he can't stop a sacrifice if it hasn't been implemented and started, in other words. So we know that there's going to be a red heifer, there's going to be a... Uh, a um, the sacrifice will have been resumed. So, or at least started. It hasn't happened for 2,000 years, uh, at least with a kosher red heifer. So, that's what's going on as we speak. The red heifers have either, are getting ready to be shipped or they've already been shipped and housed in that land. Now, I haven't talked to Byron in probably a good month, month and a half. I was on a radio program with him out in San Diego and we talked about it in great detail. But I will, I'll contact him and try to get a, a more recent update. The last I talked to him, they were, they were getting ready to be shipped. They should be shipped by now. But I'll double check that and let you guys know uh, to keep you up to date. But it's very, very exciting because we're moving straight through these end times. Um, and it's, uh, I, I love it. I'm not scared. I'm, I'm, it, it just, it, I'm on pins and needles. I love this stuff. Okay, let's move on. we got a lot of calls. Uh, Rico in Virginia. God bless Rico. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, how's it going, all, Dave? How's it going, buddy? It's doing tremendous. How are you? Hey, I'm fine, sir. And you know what? I want to start off by saying um, 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 I'm 52 years old. I'm an electrician here in Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, North Virginia, to be specific. And 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 uh, I went through a marriage. I, I went through a divorce, and 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 it's been tough, man. But uh, I've been able to follow End Times, Terry Stone, J.D. Farag. Uh, 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 Steve Cugliante, you you know that you these gentlemen I'm calling because yeah. you guys, I thank you for your being here now at this time because God in this time God shall instruct, you know, uh, you know, have you to instruct many those of us who don't know. Right. My question to you specifically is this here, Dave, uh, and, and, and I don't say this around people too tough, especially when they're not of meat and bread, they're still of milk. So I'd be careful, but I always come back to you guys for like a confirmation in a a sense. Do you think, and this is in my opinion, do you think, and for God releasing the four angels in the Euphrates River, that are are these going to be the same four angels that's going to slay one-third of mankind? Do you think, in your opinion, because this I feel in my opinion, right. that because, Mr. Putin, you, you can't recede now and you can't lose face. It's not going to get any better. I know that without any. I, I know this. Yeah. So do you think that something could trigger, not saying trigger God, because God is not going to move on at one time but his own, but that this could possibly uh, move in that direction, especially when it comes to, and I don't want to use this word, you know, you know, you know, but uh, any type of nuclear exchange. Yeah. But I, I, I know that's on a, 
another level as far as because mankind is not going to mankind is not going to destroy one third. God is, according to whatever you know. So I'm just you, you feel what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to for the other listeners listening yeah. in. Trying, so you know, you're but, you're so you're basically asking Rico is the Russia-Ukraine situation a precursor to the Six Trumpet War? Right. Okay. That's exactly what I explained to the lady before I got her. I, I asked her, I said, would you think this could, this could be a precursor? Okay. Because I sure know it's not going to get in the bed. You can't put yeah. a Band-Aid on it and say, okay, and go back to normal times. No. Uh, I understand. So the just so everybody knows, uh, Revelation 9, 13 through 16, loose the four angels that are bound in the great river Euphrates for to kill one-third the part of mankind. This is not a... Now, Rico, I want to make sure we clear something up here. This is not a judgment from God, and this is not a... A lot of people say, well, the seals, trumpets, and vials are judgments from God. The judgments from God are the seven vials of the wrath of God. That is correct. But the, the wars that have happened throughout time, not necessarily judgments from God. So the six trumpet war... They will loose the angels that are bound in the great river Euphrates, and they one third of the world's population will be destroyed as a result of that war. Right. And so the question is, where does where does the war occur? What happens? Well, and, and with the Russia Ukraine situation, because of what right. the Bible they, says here, g- give me just a second. Because of uh-huh. what the Bible says here. I believe, and my father-in-law, we believe at End Time Ministries that the war will emanate from the Euphrates River region somehow. Now, um, and that, that's why I watch Iran, Israel, the United States, what's going on there. I've watched that for years. And, the, of course, any, every, anything else that's happened along there with the Syrian right. civil war, Russia and the United States were right across the Euphrates River. I mean, they were straddling the Euphrates River right there. That could have heated up. So I watch that right. very closely. Now, with, right. what's, with what I've talked about this week, that the, you have in alliance with each other, Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. It could be, and they have all been emboldened because of the United States weakness under the Biden administration. Biden administration so it's course. possible yes. that the Iran, with all of them being emboldened, the Iran situation could kick off, and then it would sweep out throughout that region. And Even with the Taiwan also, uh, Taiwan yeah, and exactly, because they've been emboldened. And then we're right. in World War III at that point. The Bible says a 200 million man army will, will participate in that war. That, uh, of course, that could be China and the Islamic India. faction. So um, it, it's, that's my opinion, and I hate to, I hate to um, end it here, Rico, but I'm coming up to a break. But I just wanted to make sure everybody understands the Russia-Ukraine thing situation could certainly tie into it. But because of what the Bible says, I believe that will it will originate in the Euphrates River region, then spread out around the world, and could certainly tie in Russia, China, and uh, North Korea. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, everybody, we're going straight back to the phones. Let's go to Trey right here in Texas. God bless Trey. Welcome yes. to End of the Age. Thank you for taking my call again. Yes, sir. Yes, I'd like to talk about uh, two subjects real quick. Uh, I like to say there's a double standard when it comes to conservatives and Christians. That was evidenced with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, people protesting outside his home. Uh, they can say it's peaceful, but it's illegal. Uh, there's a federal law not to, to uh protest outside of uh, Supreme Court Justice's home. Right. And if that happened to one of those liberal justices or, or that Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, I guarantee you we'd have all holy hell breaks loose. And then also, too, with the story referring to Pat, uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, when he sh- sh- told everybody that those green pair of uh, Converse shoes belong to that little girl, uh, that's not true. Because my father was a policeman, and he worked in the evidence uh, inventory room, and uh, when you have a crime, uh, crime scene, uh, that's considered evidence, and it cannot be taken out of the uh, out of the out of the inventory room. Right. And so he can't do that. That's that's illegal to do that. And secondly, uh, if if that were if those were those shoes, they'd be blood, blood soaked, and they were clean. And also too, they were large for like an adult, not some little child. Okay. And so I just think you know uh, the media has really glamorized all this leftist agenda, and that was proven uh, this this week. And I'm just, I'm very fearful for what's going on with our country. Yeah. As, as the evidence. And, but, you know, I still think God is good. And we're still, you know, uh, we have all these left wing politicians and media. We're still a Christian country for the most part. And I, and I thank God every day that people like you and all the others that have been previously mentioned, y'all are still around because you, you get people like me just hope and you just don't realize what a blessing all you really are. And I just want to say thank you so much and have a wonderful weekend. All right, Trey. Well, thank you much, and God bless you, my friend. And I'll, I'll speak to the, the double standard, uh, and because I think your comment originally was about the double standard of the left and the right, and why would, you know, um, it seems like sometimes that those on the left are getting away with, I won't say murder, but getting away with a lot. And when If somebody with the right speaks up, they're just trying to censor them and, and um, squelch their voice. The thing is, is that you have to understand the establishment, the deep state that Donald Trump fought every single day of his presidency. He was talking about the establishment before he was ever elected. He knew what he was going to face 
day one. And that's exactly what he did. They tried to impeach him and everything else to try to just keep him mixed up in all this other um, just chaos in his life, the Russian collusion, so that he couldn't really get done what he wanted to get done as president. So you have to understand the establishment, the deep state, they are controlling the media, they're controlling the leftist agenda, so when these people show up in front of a Supreme Court judge's house, which is totally illegal, nah, not much is done. Or they can do, you know, like the riots and things where the police were in there protecting the rioters. I heard about up in Oregon and different things. Crazy stuff. And you think, how are they getting away with all this? It's because the establishment, the deep state, is pushing an agenda, and they are using some of these people many times. I'm not saying every time, but they're behind the leftist agenda. So when you are behind that agenda, you're allowed to get away with a lot of stuff, whereas somebody on the right who's pushing a, you know, anti-abortion and things like that, they're not willing to go to the extent where they would go into a criminal-type situation or thievery or lying or cheating to get their, to get their agenda pushed, which is just protecting babies and, um, you know, against maybe the LGBTQI, whatever else it is, uh, community being pushed in our, on our children and things like that. People that are against that, they're not necessarily going to go against the law to try to stop it. They're going to try to do what's right in the eyes of God and, and Christians and the Bible and, you know, our community because they're law-abiding citizens. On the other side, sometimes they will go against that and get by with it because of the establishment of the deep state is pro-agenda, is pro-leftist agenda, what they're trying to do. And a lot of times it doesn't seem fair, I understand, but that's what we're dealing with a lot of times here in America. Bought and paid for um, media and just right on down the line. So I uh, hope that helped you out there, Trey. Thank you much. Um, let's go to Jim in Texas. God bless Jim. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. Great to talk to you live. It's my first time ever calling in. I've been listening to you guys for over 20 years. Oh, thank you much for the call. Okay, so my question is about a furlong in uh, Revelation 14.20. It it says, uh, And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horses' bridles for 1,600 furlongs. I've been listening to Irvin talk about how long that is. He says 200 miles. The American furlong is an eighth of a mile, so that becomes 160 miles. Irvin always said it was 200 miles, and I can't find anywhere that it it talks about it being approximately a tenth of a mile, which would equal 200 miles. Can you help me with that? Yeah, actually, we've, to my knowledge, now I've I've been with my father-in-law since I was nine years old. Everything I know about his teachings he always says it's 160 miles. I've never heard him say that it, that the Revelation 14, um, 20 oh. was taught was 200 miles. You're actually right. It's, I have it backwards. Uh, so you're saying that the American uh, version of a furlong would make it 200 miles. Right. Yes. That's correct. So the thing is, is what he did when he measured it all out and figured it all out that was 160 miles is that and the length of a furlong was back when he was trying to figure these things out he went to a Thompson chain reference bible which is what we all use here and I've used one for I'm decades and so Irvin did what Irvin did for 50 plus years 
Well, he went to a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, and in the back of that, it said that a furlong, if uh, a um, sixteen hundred furlongs would equal one hundred and sixty miles, and so that with, if you divided it all out, so that's how he got that. Uh, it was simply from his Thompson Chain Reference Bible. I understand different things that are different measurements. I've tried to look it up and see how it is today and use some different proofs and things like that. But when you go back to a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, there it is. And so that's why he used that. Now, the English version today might be something a little different. I don't know that, but I know that's where he got it originally, out of a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. The links and different things on all the maps in the back. Paul's journeys and all this other. And he measured it all out. And it comes up identical to this prophecy. And that's how he got that, Jim. All right, I'll check that out. Very good. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless you. And thanks for listening so long. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. I'm happy to talk to you. God bless, my friend. Okay. Let's go to Frank in New York. God bless, Frank. Welcome to End of the Age. God bless you, Dave. Good to speak with you again. Um, I'm a Jerusalem Prophecy College student. I'm almost done. Yes. Great. In, awesome. Uh, 11 and just uh, a few more to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I, my question concerns uh, Revelation chapter 9. Uh, the fifth trumpet. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm actually teaching. I've got four teachings on this. I use PowerPoint, and I'm uh, been given the opportunity to teach at a church. Yes. Uh, all, all four teachings from Irving's uh, uh, teachings. Yes. And so it's very interesting. And uh, the one question came up concerning the the fifth trumpet, uh, where where. These uh, locusts were told not to harm the grass of the earth, any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Yes, sir. So uh, the seals, I'm looking back to to Revelation 7, where 144,000 were sealed. Right. But that occurs during the tribulation period. Uh, So what is this... In reference to right, what, so uh, yeah, uh, when when did these people and who were they that had had the seals of God on their foreheads? Right, if you I, know. yeah. So Frank, when when the call come up on the screen, Revelation nine four, I knew this is probably what you would ask about, uh-huh. and I've got to be a hundred percent honest with you. I had a, it seemed like a million conversations with my father in law, Urban Baxter, about right. this this Revelation nine four. This one aspect, or actually I think there's, yeah, Revelation 9, 4, and 5. Yeah. We could not figure out enough of the prophecy. We, we didn't know enough of the prophecy to be able, the interpretation, to be able to give a conclusive answer on that. That's yeah. part of the prophecy that we simply do not understand at this point. Now I know there are, I've listened to some other people and there's some people that think they have it figured out. And I've listened to them. But I, from everything I've read, studied, what Irvin Baxter read and studied, neither one of us, and Doug, all of us, we've never been able to, to figure out this portion of the prophecy. We can figure out enough to know that it's the Iraq war with Saddam Hussein. But these two, yeah. Revelation 9, 4, and 5, I do not have a conclusive answer on that, Frank. And i, I got to apologize to you, but I, I can't fabricate an answer just for... On, on the radio. I simply can't. And if I don't understand, or Irvin Baxter didn't, 
then I've got to tell you, I simply do not know the answer to that. Right. Yes, sir. I, if, if I have a minute, I could comment on, on 9-5. Go for it. Uh, they, they were not allowed to kill them but only torture them for five months. Uh, yeah. The agony they suffered was like the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. Mm-hmm. During those days, people will seek death but not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. Yes. While I was putting together uh, this this one teaching on the, on the seven trumpets, uh, I did research about torture. And uh, during the uh, Desert Storm era, Kuwait, the invasion of Kuwait, yes. uh, Saddam Hussein's brother was a horrible man who, who tortured our American soldiers and the Kuwaiti people. Uh, tortured them horribly. Uh, so, so that's what I see there. I, I, I find it very interesting that John, when he saw this prophecy, he recorded both what he saw in the spiritual realm and what he saw in the physical realm. Correct. Very interesting. Um, so, so I'm I'm perfectly uh, uh, happy to accept the fact that this is the um, uh, desert storm. Yes. Or the Kuwait, Kuwait, uh, Iraq conflict there, uh, particularly when it says uh, the the destroyer yes. uh, being Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. same name. Um, perfectly happy with that explanation. I, I thought, you know, um, uh, Ephesians one thirteen tells us that uh, when we believed, then we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Right. I just wonder if believers somehow were exempted from this torture at the yeah. time. Yeah, uh, again, um, I totally understand about Ephesians and that we're sealed. And I, I mean, I, that's, obviously we've got all that. I'm saying that as far as 9-4 goes, when it says, They should not hurt the grass or the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which did not have the seal of God in their foreheads. Right. I cannot give a conclusive answer on the entire verse, what the entire thing means. And so, I, 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 again, you know, obviously those that have the seal of God in their foreheads, you and I both know who, are the, who that is. Yep. But as far as the entire verse and how it all ties in, we simply have never been able to answer that. Got it. Yes, sir. Okay. I'll leave it there. All right. Well, we'll thank wait. you much, my friend. And, and uh, if God ever reveals that to me moving forward, then, yeah, I mean, I'll be all over it and be broadcasting it. But at this point... I simply have to tell you, I do not know, nor did my father-in-law. Well, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> well, good. We're all in the same boat then. Yeah. Uh, we'll wait. We'll yes, wait. sir. Everything else fits. God bless you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, sir. And God bless you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Okay, guys, we've got one, two, three, four. We got a lot. Wow, we still got a lot of calls. I'll go straight to the calls when we get back and try to get to everybody before the end of the program. If you keep your questions short... I'll do my best to keep my answers short, and then we'll try to get to everybody. So, um, wow, there's a lot to this prophecy, I know. And we don't claim to know everything, so that's why we teach what we know. Thank you all for listening, and God bless. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
we survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Wow, everybody, a lot of very educated, great questions. Thank you so much. And I'm happy to talk to some of you guys who have been listening for years, but it's your first time calling in. Uh, that is awesome uh, that you've followed us for that long, and I'm very thankful for that. Thank you. Uh, let's go straight back to the phones. Let's go to Andrew in Kentucky. God bless Andrew. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. God bless you and Doug and Vince and the whole team there at End Time. I appreciate your ministry very, thank very you, much. Thank you. Thank you. Wanted to uh, check as far as timeline goes between the rapture and Armageddon after okay. the rapture takes place. As far as when does the judgment seat of Christ take place? Yeah, so that when those are judged, well, it's okay. That you, now, there's two judgment seats, you understand. There's going to be two judgments. There will be people that will judge and be able to make it in the rapture. And then there's the great white throne of judgment at the end of the 1,000-year millennial reign. Are you talking about, about the one that happens at the time of the rapture? Yes, the judgment okay. seat of Christ with, uh, with the saints. Because gotcha. we all want to come back with Christ at Armageddon. So yes, yes. I would think it would, between the marriage supper of the Lamb and the judgment seat of Christ, when all that would take place. That's correct. So what happens, at the Bible says in Revelation 11, down where it talks about the seventh trumpet, the Bible says that the seventh angel sounded, there were voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Then if you go down to verse 18, the seventh trumpet is sounded. The Bible says, The nations were angry, thy wrath is come. So the battle of Armageddon, that's when the wrath of God will be poured out. So the battle of Armageddon, they will come across the Euphrates River. I'll prove that to you here in just a moment. The Bible says, Thy wrath is come, the time of the dead that they should be judged. So it's all going to happen here simultaneously. When the battle of Armageddon is going to be fought, the rapture occurs after the sixth vial of the wrath of God is poured out. They're on their way down to engage Israel at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says that this is the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou should just give reward unto the servants and to the prophets. So this is when the rapture happens. It happens right there, the, it's the time that they're judged. When does that happen? If you go back to Revelation 16, the Bible says that the, this is the vials of the wrath of God and the battle of Armageddon. It goes down to verse... Uh, 14, or well, it talks about the sixth vial. It says, The great river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against Israel to battle. And then it says in verse 15, after the sixth vial, it says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that washes his garment, or blessed is he that uh, watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and then they see his shame. So that's when the rapture happens right there. Then we go to, and that's when the, the armies are gathered at Israel for the battle of Armageddon. That's verse 16. Then, when we are raptured, the dead in Christ rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. That's when we go to Revelation 19. And the Bible says in verse 
7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife hath made herself ready. And then the Bible says that they are in 19.9, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The battle of Armageddon is still in progress here at this point. We read from 16 over into 19, because 17 and 18 are they're put in there as explanatory chapters about the false religion and God's judgment on that, because He's judging them at the same time. Then He goes back into what happens. We, the rapture occurs. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and then we, come, we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible talks about He comes back with white horses on a, on a white horse, and the armies of heaven are with Him. Well, that's the saints. The Bible says in the book of Jude and back in Zechariah that he comes with his saints, ten thousands of his saints. And so that's kind of a, a, um, a, chron- a chronology of what happens there uh, of these events. Uh, and when the Bible says, you know, a lot of people will try to teach a, a post-trib rapture and say, hey, the church is raptured, there's seven years, and then we have, the marriage, we have a seven-year marriage supper, and then we go back, you know, we come back with him to fight on behalf of, our, of, of Israel on the battle of Armageddon. What really happens is, the Bible says immediately, Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days, would the Son of Man come in the clouds of heaven, send an angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather his elect. That's at the very end, at the time of the battle of Armageddon. We're gathered to him in the sky. We're gathered from all over the earth. The dead in Christ, all of us are gathered. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. We go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. We have to be gathered together for that. But it's not, there's not a seven-year period in between the rapture and the second coming. It's one simultaneous event. Zechariah chapter... Uh, I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The Bible says that uh, uh, the one single day that is the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto Him... The Apostle Paul said twice there, it happens in one day. So it's one simultaneous event. We're gathered. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. We go straight to Him to fight on behalf of the battle of Armageddon. It's all spelled out here perfectly in Revelation 19. Okay, I was going to say, because there's a lot of judgments, you know, as far as to be made amongst the saints, you know what I'm saying? So as far as that timeline went, I don't know how long that would take to do the judgment yeah. of the saints. And of course, as you mentioned, the white throne judgment, you know, yeah. which is at the very end. That's correct. Yeah, and the also, thing, yeah, the thing is, um, Andrew, is that when we become immortal, when we're given our immortal bodies at the time of the rapture, we're not bound by time anymore. So God can take as long as He wants, and it'll seem like a second because we're not bound by time. Right now, the radio program started at 3, and it's going to end at 4. But when, we're, when I'm immortal, I'm not bound by time anymore. And so a lot of things can happen just in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, and uh, then we go to fight on behalf of Israel. So you've got to keep that in mind. Gotcha. And real quick, too, I noticed here in the news recently, as far as in reference to the false prophet at the end, referring to the Pope, that uh, Pope Francis here recently has increased his mobility problems, and they were talking about maybe here in the near future, maybe him moving out and yeah. someone else moving in. Yeah, I mean, that, that's obviously, I mean, a lot of people have asked, could he be the false prophet? He is very elderly, and I, I, I mean, it, things would really have to move really quick for him to be the false prophet, because we're at least three and a half years away 
from the revealing of when he would be, when the Pope would become the false prophet at the time of the Antichrist. So, I mean, he would be up like at least 90 or 90 plus by then. And so I know I've been reading this in the, in the news about him uh, possibly resigning and a new Pope coming in. I'm following it very closely. And I don't know how um, that's going to play out. I know how the prophecies play out, but I highly, I mean, if, in my opinion, I highly doubt that Pope Francis, even though he is all into world government and all these different things, I, and he preaches social justice, and I mean, he, he, he could fulfill the role of the Pope, but I, I simply, because of his age, don't think he's going to be the one. Right, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Whoever comes in next will possibly be that, that false prophet. He very, he very possibly could be, yes, sir. Well, Dave, thank you again for your time and all the information you shared and the ministry yes, there. I appreciate you guys very much. God bless you, and have a great weekend. Thank you much, sir. You do the same. Let's go to Mary in Maryland. God bless Mary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. God bless you. Thank you. You uh, too. Yes, I, I just have a really quick question yeah. for you. How do you feel that the government will try to implement uh, taking American citizens' guns that we use to protect ourselves at home? Yes. So um, the... I'll, I'll go ahead and take it off the air, babe. Okay, yeah, thank you very much. Um, now, uh, so uh, how would they do that? So it's speculation whether they will or not. They will make them, um, if they were to do it, I don't know that they will. I think they will try to, but I don't know that they'll be successful. I mean, I know Beto O'Rourke is saying, hey, we're going to take your ARs and all this other stuff. But I think they would be in for a fight. I, I don't think that they'll be able to implement that um, because once you get down to it, an AR is not an assault rifle. You can get in all these different definitions. How would they do it if if it were to come to that? I mean, you know, they could they could make them illegal and then start confiscating them. They, they'll they'll probably first start doing buy buyback programs like they did in Australia and things like that, but. I know that I have a lot of friends, I know a lot of people that would never, they're just, they simply would never give up their guns. They're not going to. And so I think that there would be legal battles. I, I don't think they'll ever be able to do it here in America. I'll just be totally honest with you. There are, I think I read the other day, there's like 300 million guns uh, in America with like a trillion rounds of ammunition. And for the, I don't think they'll ever be able to do it again. Stranger things have happened, um, and, you know, we'll have to cross some of those bridges when we get to it. Right now, I don't think I could give you a conclusive answer. All we could do is look at how they've done it throughout history. They've tried to take people's guns. I don't think they'll be able to do it here in America. I would be shocked if they were able to do, th- to do that. Uh, but, again, stranger things have happened, so we'll have to see, Mary. Um, so God bless you, and thank you for the call. Jeff, quickly, um, we're going to go to you. I got, I got just a couple minutes here. Uh, what you got? Yeah, man, I... I've got uh, just some brain-picking, honestly. Uh, I have an idea. It says that the Bible, uh, it says in there that he's going to bring all nations against Israel. What is it that Israel's going to do to deserve this? I mean, not really deserve it, but this take place. Are they going to be the ones that launch these four out of the Euphrates River? I mean, that would bring the world against them. No. The thing that Israel has done is that the the Israel situation in the United Nations and the international community against Israel today is a spiritual battle. 
The Bible says Satan, so 37 times in the Old Testament, God said, I will put my name in Jerusalem and on the Temple Mount. And when God said that, it's as if Satan said, well, if you want your name there, then that's where I want my name. And there have been 40, 40 major wars fought over Jerusalem throughout time, more than any other city on the planet. So it's Satan has been fighting God, fighting God for that ever since. Well, that's what the battle of Armageddon is going to be over. It's going to be a spiritual battle between the Antichrist and the world government that is ruled by Satan himself coming against Israel to finally split Israel in half because it's it's all going to be fought over the Temple Mount, the status of the Temple Mount and Jerusalem itself. Israel's never going to yield to the Antichrist and the world governing body, and they're going to come down to enforce resolutions like Resolution 2334, Israel is a long way from the Euphrates River if you look on a map. So I don't believe it's going to be Israel that launches the four angels out of the Euphrates River, no. Okay. Yes. Okay, I was also wondering, um, you know, Israel does precision strikes, okay? Yes. And they've already said that they're going to Yes. Uh, against the uh, nuclear facilities there. Mm-hmm. They've already claimed this. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Taiwan or China makes a move when that happens and that we're actually trying to back Israel in this situation with them and Taiwan makes a move then and then things break out? Yeah, so that, that absolutely could happen. One scenario that I, and again, we're speculating here, but one scenario that I've looked at is that Russia and Iran, or Russia and China are both allies of Iran. If Israel mm-hmm. was to go bomb Iran to just wipe out their nuclear aspirations, the, and and mm-hmm. Iran and um, Russia and China come to the aid of Iran, then the United States comes in because Israel is now under central command in the Middle East under the United States Central Command. Then that's then we've got World War III tomorrow morning. <coughs> Again, right. Jeff, at right. this point, it's all speculation on my part. I follow it every day, and I still do not know if. I, where specifically it's going to break out. I, know, I believe, because of the Bible, that it will break out from the Euphrates River region. Uh, but again, we'll have to just stay on top of it, and I'll keep you updated, me and Doug and Vince. God bless, and have a great weekend. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 